Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host, Joan Milmine, and this is episode 102, On the Edge of Something Magical. Hello and welcome to episode 102 of the Shiny Bees podcast. I am Jo. I'm back with you again after a short sabbatical uh, whilst I was busy moving house to a lovely new one and uh, staying with my parents in the meantime (laughs) until it was ready and that's all done now and I'm back with you again. I've really missed talking to you. I've obviously heard from quite a few of you on social media or some of you have sent messages and thank you very much for that. And I had planned to come back next week but unfortunately I got tonsillitis. (laughs) Um, So that was uh, not um, what, what we had in the plan. Basically it was not in the plan at all. So um I did take last week off, off obviously as you can imagine it was incredibly painful and got some really hardcore antibiotics that have made me feel very very strange this week and now I'm feeling a lot better and back with you again for some nitty chats because it has been a little while hopefully that will be the last move of house for a bit I know we might go away next year but we won't be moving this actual house for for quite a long time I don't think um and and that's probably a good thing I think I'm ready to stop adding more and more addresses and postcodes to my notes for every time you need to fill in a form and you have to put all your previous addresses down and I've had so many now that I just keep forgetting the postcodes and mixing them up so it involves a lot of um, looking stuff up on Royal Mail website to try and remember which bit of postcode goes with which. So how are you? I hope you've been well since I last spoke to you. I know I've seen a couple of you out and around at events, both at Yamporium, which was down in London at the beginning of November. I got some good cuddles from listeners there and had a lovely time heartily enabling um, my lovely friend Helen Stewart of Curious Handmade Podcast um, in, into quite a lot of, of delicious yarn. So I'm looking forward to seeing what she comes out with with that um, heavily enabled yarn that, that she got. It was very, very nice. Um, Wensleydale yarn from Triskelion, who are a Welsh hand dyer, Carthen. And uh, they do really nice saturated solids and semi-solid colours. And this is... Um, is Wensleydale base and uh, a new one I think uh, for them and it's one of those that once you touch it you kind of can't put it down Um, I did very well actually at Yarn Pour Room, didn't buy anything um, yarn wise which is pretty amazing for me mostly because I'd had to remove all of my yarn from the yarn vault in my old house and I had a full sized Victorian ceiling sized airing cupboard in which to keep all of the good stuff and I don't have that anymore my new house is a new build which I never never wanted to buy um a new build not the house and um 
I'm, I'm, I'm a massive Victoriana girl. As you know, I love stories. I like history. I like knowing what things are and why. And I'm quite nosy. And I like the idea of uh, having a house where there are stories in it when you get it and imagining what those people were like and what they did. And I did quite a bit of research on our old house because it was 120 years old as to who the occupants were and what they did and all that kind of stuff. So moving from that to a, a brand new house is a bit strange. And it was a quite an unusual method of finding said house because we'd looked around the edge of, of town. We were going to stay around Wigan still but move out of the centre of town because I lived right in the middle of town in this beautiful big Victorian sort of not a villa but it was a very large house and we wanted to move to the edge of town and and obviously um I found someone that that would would do and we put the house up for sale and then we sold the house and the next day I went round to see the girl to ask if we could I could bring my husband to look and it had sold <laughs> in the meantime. Well, that escalated quickly and that was a little bit emotional really and we, we ended up finding the place that we've bought randomly. I'd never been to this village, never occurred to me that it was even somewhere we wanted to go and we'd, we'd looked also up to the northwest of Wigan um in the Chorley area, really, um, for a place in, in some other villages around there, like uh, Eccleston, which is where Bradley Wiggins is from, because I thought it'd be quite good fun to post my golden skin parcels into the golden post box. Um, but again, we just didn't find what we were looking for, and we've ended up in another different village, um, a little bit further north of uh, where we expected to, and we just drove past and saw the sign and drove into the into the estate and thought, oh, this is nice. And ended up buying something. So we like to shoot from the hip in uh, in the shiny household when it comes to these kinds of things. And so that's what we did. So it is a new build, but it's in the design of an old house. So it's based on sort of um, Art Deco, 1930s type old houses. The design of it. So it's not like a box. Like my brother builds houses and his is like a box with three windows on the front and three on the back. Um, it's not one of those it does look like an old house and every house is different in the street so it it's sort of the best of both worlds really and we're very excited we like it here got a cool new um grocery delivery service with the local farmer he's uh he comes on a saturday morning on his tractor and I'm not joking. I know this is the northwest, you know, urban life and all that, but we're not we're, we're not in the, not in Wigan anymore, Toto. Um, we're in the country now. And um, yeah, Martin turns up on his tractor, pulling his his shop basically in a trailer with with the tractor, and he he has stripy trousers and an apron and a hat and clogs because that's what greengrocers wear. And he rocks up with his local produce every Saturday, and I willingly pay probably four times what I would pay anywhere else um, just for this this experience of, of Martin coming, really. I love it. It's very exciting. Kids love it. It's a tractor, obviously. And uh, it's all very, very lovely. You know, everyone's very friendly and it's all hashtag village life. And I'm sure they're just being nosy. I'm sure they just want to nosy who we are and find out what's going on. But I kind of don't care. I'm like, yeah, fine. You know, I'd, I'd rather have that. So we're enjoying it very, very much. Although... And we have had a few funny, funny things happen, as I mentioned last time, since we started looking at this place and it just seemed to be a bit of an experience. And one of the first times we came to look at 
this area, we decided to go to the local pub because that is an essential part of decision making when buying a house is whether the local pub is any good. And we went to the local pub and it was like sort of five to twelve and we pulled into the car park and I said to uh, my husband, I said, is it, do you think it's open? And he said, well, yeah, I mean, look, look around, look at all these cars in the car park. Of course it's open. Get your coat on. I was like, oh, okay, because it, it looks quite dark inside. I thought, fine, okay, I'll stop chundering, I'll come with you. Um, so we walked into the pub, and it's one of these pubs where it's got really, really low ceilings, and he's six foot three, so I was fine, but him obviously walks in and straight away he's, he's stooped like a hunchback. And as soon as I opened the door, I was like, we're leaving. And he's like, what, what, what? Because he's kind of stood behind me at this point. I'm like, dude, we need to go now. And he's like, why, what's up? I was like, only we could walk into a funeral. And basically it was a wake and the pub was being used for the wake and everyone's in there dressed in black and um, he's like, what? What? I'm like, we're not really dressed for it, are we? You know, someone died, Millie, we're going to have to go somewhere else. <laughs> so as we walked out, he's like, what? it could have been a christening. I was like, dude, I've never been to a christening where everyone's got black on on a Tuesday. It's just, just no. Um, so we ended up floating off to... Um, a hungry horse or something. It was one of those chain pubs um, in a in a new village that's um, that's been built on an old royal ordnance factory. And uh, I ended up pulling some old guy because it was because <laughs> it was old age pension a day, and they had like a deal on you know you get a cup of tea and fish and chips for like three quid or whatever. Well, it was that. So there was lots of these old people who've been brought out for their um, for their kind of you know small sized cheap lunch with a cup of tea so you know what I'm like I just I was sat there and reading the menu and I was like this old fella was looking so I smiled because I mean like you know you need to be friendly anyway that was it then he kept staring at me and smiling and looking away when I looked and proper like flirting with me I was like oh my word you're at least three times my age and I'm, I am actually married but it's good to know you still got it right Good to know you can still pull an octogenarian when, you know, you've just gone for an innocent cheap dinner in the pub because you couldn't go to the one you wanted to go to because they were busy having a funeral. Only, only us. So, yeah, it's, it's been quite interesting. It's been uh, keeping us busy and uh, giving us lots of stuff to laugh about, which is the main thing. I've also found somewhere that will deliver me half of a lamb in a box. Have you ever ordered half a lamb before? Like, I have friends who are from Cornwall, like, farming country, and they're family of farmers, and, like, they, they, they bought a pig, and they raised this pig, and then they, they killed it and filled the freezer. <laughs> not personally, like, not in the back garden. You know, they sent it to, like, well, the butcher, I guess, you know, the abattoir. Um, but they had, like, a freezer full of pig afterwards, and... I was like, yeah, maybe I could get into this whole, you know, like, farming living thing. I mean, I live in a village now, but it's it's not really that villagey. Well, it's villagey, but we live really close to really good transport links, so it doesn't feel like you're kind of in the country as such. But you, you sort of are, especially for the northwest. There isn't that much real country country um, until you get up into the lakes. And so I ordered this half a lamb. And... Like it's all caught up and packaged up and stuff, you know, um, ready to go and labelled. If you're a little bit clueless as to your cuts of lamb, which I'm not afraid to admit that I'm like, I couldn't tell the difference between a shoulder and a, a leg really. If you, you know, had two hunks of meat sat on the side, 
Um, but it came in, in its little kind of, you know, butcher box, the white butcher boxes that you get. And I don't know what I was expecting, but I opened it and there was all these little yellow tags on top of it. On top of all the kind of bits of, of lamb, which look like bits of lamb in vacuum pack, you know, because that's, that's how they come. I mean, I'm down with that. It was the little yellow tags. And then on the little yellow tags, there was weights and a date and bits of blood and stuff. And I'm like, oh my, what, these, are these actually the tags that were on the sheep? You know, <laughs> when they took them to dispatch them, are these the labels? My husband's like, yeah, what do you expect? Of course it's a dead lamb. And I'm like, no, I didn't want to see, I mean, I'm happy with the vacuum pack, you know, I'm, but I'm not that farmer. I don't want to see the labels. <laughs> I don't want to see the blood. Delicious lamb though. They live up, up on the, the hill behind um, where the village is, is uh, a really big hill. And uh, they live up there. So they have a lovely, happy life on this one farm. Single farm bits of dead, you know, lamb. Because we do love a bit of single farm uh, yarn. We love a bit of single farm lamb as well. And uh, it is delicious because you've obviously had a nice, happy life. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to know the ins and outs of it. Ignorance is good in a lot of situations. And I think this is one of them. Um, so, so yeah, I've, I've really embraced the whole kind of country. I'm getting a deep freezer next. Get a deep freezer next. Anyway, what have we got for you today on the show? Because obviously that is like two months of, of of shiny news condensed down into 10 handy minutes of, of me pulling an old, an old guy, basically. Um, so I have for you a little bit of enabling in the form of the latest offering from our lovely friend Claire Divine, uh, sometime co-host of the show and uh, her company, which was rebranded this year from Yarn and Pointy Sticks to Knit, Share, Love. And then have a quick review of Woolly Wormheads Painted Woolly Toppers for Kids, as I mentioned last time. So it's not going to be the longest episode in the world. And there is a reason for that. And that will become clear over the next few days. But I am here. I'm back with you in the saddle. So... Get your knitting out. Get your Lego lamb out the freezer. <laughs> Crack on with a brew and we will get into the show. So first up, Enablers Corner. How I love to enable the... This is one of my favourite segments in the show for good reason. And today, as I mentioned just now, I am enabling you to mini versions of the tea collection, which is a collection of hats by Knit Share Love, also known as Claire Divine, lovely friend of the show. Now, I was talking about hats in the previous episode and quite a few of you got in touch to recommend various different places to go for hat patterns and thank you very much for those of you that did. I have expanded my library on Ravelry exponentially as a result of that so thank you and one that came up time and again was Knit Share Love was Claire's uh, tea collection hats which is a collection of hats for grown-ups a tea collection. I already had this in my library and I've knitted Lapsang which is a chunky hat with some really basic you know pretty textured details and and lace it's fully reversible and I've knitted it I've talked about it loads on the show I've knitted it loads and loads of times it's a great one for 
uh, teachers or I tended to knit them for when uh, Sammy's nursery teachers left because they were my faves. I love them. They were really nice. And it is one of those brilliant go-to patterns that it's just fancy enough that it looks like something, but it's not so fancy it takes you a long time. However, in her tea collection, there are hats that are fancy uh, and probably do take you a little bit longer as a result, but they are really kind of detailed and textured in quite a pretty way. Obviously, that one was, was for adults, and now she's got a, a mini collection of those, the most popular ones from that, called the Tiny Tea Hats. So you get four patterns in this for £9, which is pretty good value for four patterns, I think. And you get a mini chai hat, which is a reverse stocking stitch beanie with a pretty kind of cabled pattern up one side of the front. You get a mini everyday brew, which is a textured beanie. I'm knitting one of these at the moment for Millie. And it's just, you know, dead simple, uh, changing from one, one stitch to another and knitting in the front loop and the back loop to get this really nice textured effect on the hat. Although I'm not really getting a lot of, of that in mine because it's in black alpaca but I'll save uh, what's on the needles type conversation for another episode. You also have the mini lapsang so I've already said how much I love that hat it's great you can get a mini version now matchy matchy for the win and a mini licorice hat which is this is just a dead simple stocking stitch beanie and it's got an eyelet pattern so it looks like it's got little holes all over it um which you know if you're into the current trend i've got almost gonna put my thing down now put my, my notepad down so i can be like let me tell you let me tell you about the current trend on ravelry for hats with the hole in the top so you can stick your ponytail out of it's a thing apparently it's a big thing Nobody's really sure where it came from, although there are suspects, one of which is Facebook and everyone's sharing it on that. Uh, but hats with the hole for the ponytail on the top are incredibly popular. They're so hot right now. They're hot potatoes. And everyone thinks, right, everyone else thinks it's because of, of Facebook and someone shared it on Facebook and the power of Facebook and everything else like that. Now, I don't see how Facebook necessarily translates to hits on Ravelry from non-knitters so i am dubious i have another theory of course i do of course conspiracy man it's not because of facebook do you want me to tell you what it is shall i tell you one word for you man buns man buns man buns and for those of you Stop laughing. It's not funny. This is very serious. This is like smashed avocado. These hipsters are taking over the world. If you're not familiar with what a man bun is, you just need to watch the Premier League because they've all got them now. But we don't really have them when, you know, if you like rugby, particularly rugby league like I do, everyone's too hard to kind of have that. They're only just getting into the beard phase up in the north. We don't really have that many man buns. Um, certainly not in Wigan, although I did see one once and he was clearly a tourist. Anyway, man buns is where a bloke has long, usually a little bit greasy and straggly hair, but it makes it look like it's beach effect, like it's product, but it's not. It's just, you can't be arse washing it. And they, they pull it up into a little bun on their heads. So it's like a man 
and a bon together, hence mambon. And there are lots of variations of the mambon. And it is something that is reserved at the moment generally for hipsters or high fashion people because, like I said, the gruff northerners, they're only just getting into beards. These people have been into beards for years. And it comes in a variety of different types. So you can have an ordinary man bun and then you can have the really high top knot man bun for the very high fashion ones. They usually have John Lennon glasses on. And I am wildly stereotyping here because if you don't, it's not that funny. And then there was one that I saw the other day which was a very interesting we should start a gallery of man buns. But this one was very interesting because it was a ginger man bun. And I do love a ginger man bun. But he, he had an undercut. So it was a, a half half man bun. So the top of his hair was long and in a man bun. And then the bottom half of his head, sort of from the top of his ears downwards, was shaved. And he looked like an extra off of Streets of Rage. I don't know if you played Streets of Rage when you were younger, but all the kind of like Japanese characters, they had, you know, like the baddies have man buns and big muscles. He didn't have big muscles, but he did have a man bun, or half man bun as I'm calling it now. And as I said, they come in various different, different sort of varieties, I guess would be, be the word. And... You don't really ever see a man bun or someone with a man bun with the potential to have their hair down long and flowing like um, Michael Bolton. You, you you just don't see them wearing their hair like that. It's always a little bit scraggy and, and pulled up in the hair, in, on the head. Like, you know, if I had a bad hair day and I put my hair up in a bun because I was like, my hair's a mess. That's, that's, that's the style. That's the thing. And that is where it's come from. Don't listen to anyone telling you it's Facebook, right? It's man buns. Man buns have caused this craze for beanies where you can stick your bun out of the top because having a man bun, it is a statement. So I'm moving so much, I lost my headset there. It's a statement, you know, you're making your battle lines known, which side you're on, which tribe you are in. And you, you don't want to be, it's winter. You can't be hiding that under a beanie. A slouchy beanie because slouchy beanies are where beards are. The people in Wigan, they're only just getting the beers and the slouchy beanies. These people, Manchester, London, high fashion. Okay, so they need to display the fact that they are a man bun and that everyone knows they're a man bun and therefore they are hip, which is why they need the man bun hat to do that. You see where I'm going with that? It's a thing, it's a total thing. So yeah, very, very interesting. And I've somehow enabled you in great detail to man buns there. And if any of my male listeners, because I do have some lovely ones, um, are, are thinking, are giving the man bun some consideration now that you have the appropriate knitwear to display your man bun, please let me know. Please send me a selfie because it would make my lifetime. But in the meantime, for anyone that is not going to be knitting for a man bun and you are going to be knitting for your impossibly cute matchy-matchy child like me, then do go and check out Claire Divine's Tiny Tea Hats. I will put a link to that in the show notes. And I will try and find... There's a hilarious meme or an article somewhere that I've, I've been sent a couple of times where famous world leaders are given man buns, including Vladimir Putin, and it really suits him. So I will try and find that for you so you can go and have a look at that as well. So on to the review. Oh. Hey, now that we're over the uh, man bun excitement, I feel like I've come down a couple of levels there. Everybody loves a man bun. Everybody loves a man bun. 
Um, I have a review for you and this is of Woolly Wormhead Hat Architects Painted Woolly Toppers for Kids. Now you've met Woolly before if you've been listening to the show for a while. I interviewed her in episode 61. So if you want to hear from Woolly herself, if you're not familiar with her, then you can go and listen to my chat with her in episode 61. And I also looked at the adult version of painted woolly toppers in episode 77 which was knitting goals where I reviewed that in there. Now it does seem to be there are some similar versions in the kid one but there are also some different versions which means it it kind of warrants its own quick canter through the patterns as a separate thing so obviously um, we haven't talked about some of the patterns before so I shall be doing that. As with all good stuff from Woolly and or any decent knitting book, it starts with a technique section for various cast-ons and short rows, etc. Because she does make use of short rows quite a bit to produce the interesting kind of construction and finished effect of the hat. It's got 10 patterns in it, they're all kids versions and the designs are all created specifically for hand painted, hand dyed, variegated type yarns. Now it's not so you can't use a a plain one but these are are meant to work specifically with those and we've all got some. The really flashy high colour craziness of um, you know a a colourful yarn can be hard to find patterns for and particularly to find patterns that make the, the most of that. You, it's, I mean, it's hard enough to find a pattern for, that works, to be honest, at times. If, you, if you're into your, your super colourful yarns, and I am, I'm a signed-up member. I, I love a crazy variegated yarn. Um, almost as much as I love a self-striping yarn. And it can be tricky to, to figure out how the repeats are working and, and really get the most out of showing off that yarn so anything for me that gives you an opportunity to use those yarns um on the this canvas that's specifically designed for that particular dye style is a good thing um the names of the different patterns are seem to have some kind of location based connection to the dyer that produced the yarn they're all hand dyed yarns and um I noticed this because first the first pattern is called Mobbly and the yarn used is from Yarns from the Plain. Now we've chatted to her as well on the show before in episode 84. And I know Mobbly is not the name of where she lives, but it is the name of one of her yarns. Likewise, Swinton is a Countess of Belage yarn and that's where her studio is. And Kilbride is an old maiden aunt yarn and that's where, well, her studio is in West Kilbride. So that that seems to be the theme of 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 where the names come from, which which means that you know they're a bit more interesting and uh, a bit different when you are sort of looking through them. And being a bit interesting, a bit different is is pretty much Woolies brand. So I really like that, and I am going to go on a bit of a diatribe about branding in a bit. But Mobbly is the first one in the collection and this uses short rows to create almost like a zigzag pattern around the brim and going up the hat uh, with the yarn, with the repeats and the colours in the yarn. It, it, it almost looks like a chevron type pattern. 
Next up is Modbury, which is a slouch, slouchy beret with a garter stitch rim, or a brim rather, rather than a rim, it's not bowl, um, a garter stitch brim that is knitted side on. And that is a bit of a theme in a lot of these patterns is that the, the brim is knitted sideways and then the rest of the, the hat is picked up in various different ways and constructed in various different ways to make it really interesting structurally and that was something that she talked about at length in that episode that I mentioned in episode 61. Chessa is next up and that is a wide brimmed hat that again is knitted side on and then it's got a little row of, I, I want to say fringe, but it's not really fringe and it's it's not really a bobble and it's not a knob, it's like a little sticky out wiggly thing, um, which I'm sure has some proper technical term for what it's called in the knitting world, but I don't know what that is. And so I'm calling it a wiggly thing, but it's just like an interesting little playful kind of bit of texture on, on towards the top of the hat and to add a bit of bit of interest really and then above that it's picked up and then knitted in, in what you would call a normal fashion Swinton is uh, another uh, sideways brimmed hat that comes down around the back of the neck it's actually a bit longer so if you you know if you've got your boys or your girls with short hair um, and they get cold necks and you don't they don't want to still want a scarf on then that would be quite a good design uh, for that because you, you still get that warm neck feeling Hadley is a sideways brim again and it's after the the brim it's picked up in a normal way and goes upwards to almost like a pointy kind of elfin looking peak uh, at the top. Gorton is a reverse stocking stitch beanie with a slip stitch detail that goes up over the top of it, different lengths of lines that go up the hat to add some interest. Witchhaven is um, a cloche, it's reverse stocking stitch and then around the edge it's almost got like a cut in it, which obviously it hasn't, you just you don't knit in the round for the first few. And then each corner of that kind of cut um, is pinned back so that it's it's pinned back asymmetrically above one eye and then the, the, the pinned back bits are held in place with buttons which is super cute, that's definitely my favourite pattern. Um, in the whole collection, I think that's lovely. There's Allerton, which is a, a tea bag shaped hat in reverse stocking stitch. Kilbride, which I mentioned earlier, that is a beret. Um, again, reverse stocking stitch, um, with a very basic sort of understated lace pattern around the middle of that. So. It's, you know, it's lacy without being lacy. There's there's a bit of detail um, to make it look pretty, particularly on this little girl model. Um, it's very pretty, uh, but still uh, definitely not frou-frou by any stretch of the imagination. So they are the 10 patterns. And as always, I have my good points and my areas for improvement uh, thoughts that I have from from having a, a look through the book and I'll be honest I was struggling on the areas for improvement I know the last time I reviewed it there were a couple of like minor points about putting weights on and stuff that that you could do but I mean it's not the end of the world and in fairness the weights are on there so that's brilliant because you can quickly look and go yeah it's a four ply I've got this amount of four ply I could make that just a lot quicker and um 
my, my big, big thing that I absolutely loved about this on first picking it up and first looking at it and seeing the pictures released um, as this, this book was released, because it's been out for a couple of months now, um, was that I love, love, love the photography and how the entire shoot has been styled. I love the book, the look of it, the feel of it. All of the the hats are modelled by two children, one of which is, is Woolly's little boy, Aaron, and the other one is a little girl. And all of the hats are modelled on them. They're wearing black clothes and the background is black. So the, the little faces and their expressions and these really colourful hats really stand out. Uh, the reason... I think why I like this so much because it's not some is 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 mainly because it's not something that you see anywhere, but it is very very on brand for Woolly. She is a little bit edgy. She does like to design hats that are different. You know, she leads quite an alternative lifestyle herself. If you know a bit about her backstory, obviously I'm not going to go into that in detail here. And um, you can hear more about that in episode sixty one and in her own writing, um, which you'll find at WoollyWormhead.com and. She is, that is very much her, you know, and, and how she does business. And I think it is a, a triumph in terms of, of the branding and the look and the feel of it. It's a little bit subversive. These kids are, you know, they're pulling faces. The little girl's got a tie on, a grey tie in one of the um one of the pictures and she's sticking a tongue guy and... It's just got a little bit of attitude. I'm so tired of this boring Instagram pink, you know, really plain, like, oh, it's so pretty, boring stuff. And everyone's trotting out the same crap. You know, it all looks the same. I don't even know whose pictures are each other's anymore because it's all conformist and make everything just look to this specific style that we've got to have to to appeal to people. Um, and this is like the antithesis. It's still, you know, this, this, these kids look really cute. It still has that really cute, fun element to it. <clears throat> but it's really got that edgy, kind of slightly subversive feel. And not in a bad way. It's, it's just really nicely done. Um, and I, you're probably not that asked about this because you're just going to either knit the patterns or you're not going to knit the patterns. But this, I get excited about this stuff. This is what I do for a job. So <laughs> I, you know, I look into the details and how it's been presented and what props they've used. And and this is very, very on Bramford. And I, for one, love it. Um, I know she got a little bit of kickback from some quite conservative people who seem to think that children are still in the Victorian era and should be wearing pinafores and, and we shouldn't be showing them sticking their tongs out because it's possible to take a child, a picture of a child with it and sticking the tongue out and, and all this kind of absolute guff. And it is guff. Take that rod out your ass, please. And... Um, and that's fine if that's what you want. If you want very, very wholesome 1950s children patterns, there are plenty of people out there who can offer that to you. But Woolly does not do 1950s, you know, complete cottage box children. That's not what she does. It's not what she's about. It's not what her child's about. I've met him. He's really great fun, very lively. And... Why, why not? Why can't you have that and offer that to people like me who have really, you know, my kids are quite subversive. They are. One of them, Izzy, 
told the vicar's wife that Sammy was called the Great Douglas Millmine. He's not. That's his grandpa's name. And she's heard us saying it and joking about this thing that someone said about the Great Douglas Millmine. And she told the vicar's wife that, that Sammy's name was Douglas. And his middle name's Douglas, but his first name's not. And now the whole church is calling him Douglas because she's been a bit of band, a little bandit. Everyone has children that have that sort of attitude. And I love how this... This photo shoot was really playful with that and, and played on it without it being in any way, like, and for me, a negative thing. It's just capturing that that spirit of children when you see that little bit of cheekiness, that little bit of naughtiness, that little bit of edginess that you want to encourage, it was captured in this. I, could, I, I know I feel quite impassioned about this because I really hate, I really hate when people all feel the need to do the same stuff to aspire to some kind of like grey aesthetic where you can't offend anyone. I love it when people have a bit of an attitude and say, this is me and this is how I do things, um, which is why I'm so impassioned about the, the photography and stuff on this. I think it was brilliant. So enough blowing smoke up Wally's backside because she did take the pictures. <laughs> They're very good. Um, the I've got to find something. <laughs> I've got to find something I don't like about it. And you know what? I really struggled. I did really struggle and I like to keep things very, very fair and balanced and I do like to look and be critical of stuff in terms of, well, you could, you know, you could change this next time. It'll make it a bit better, not to be horrid. And um, the, honestly, the only thing I could find... <laughs> I was scraping the barrel. The only thing I could find... Um, as feedback is that that a lot of it was reverse stocking stitch and I really don't like it. <laughs> I really don't like reverse stocking stitch. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like the bumps. Uh, they're all bumpy. Um, and I know the reason why she's done it is because, you know, that, again, gives you another way of playing with those colours that she's trying to show off. And, you know, how's it going to look when you turn it inside out and it's going to look different again? And I, I know why why she's gone for that specific medium as a canvas to show detail and different structures but I don't I don't like reverse stocking stitch and that that is it that's all I've got to to criticize which it that is my personal taste it's one of my weird things that I don't like reverse stocking stitch there's nothing one can do about it really she can't make me like it um and that's the only thing that I I, I would change is that to not to not have reverse stocking stitch anywhere to have never been invented in fact um so i love it i think it's brilliant fun i think it's nice it's modern it's youthful the branding is excellent i love the photography there are lots of extra photos because i whinged last time that i wanted more photos lots of them at the end and loads of their personality of the kids looking at things and you, you could just imagine how they'd be touching these different props and wanting to play with them because of how structural and metal they are and it's it's really very much telling the story and and making it relatable for those of us who have slightly banditry bandity kids um which i'm totally on board with mine are totally the great douglas millman so that is painted woolly toppers for kids i will put a link to that in the show notes it's available in print and via ravelry if you would like to get involved Well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for for this show. And you're probably glad because I'm clearly on one today. Um, like every day. Like every day. 
and I hope you've enjoyed the show and have me back with you again. Expect to hear from me quite frequently up until Christmas, at which point I will be taking a little break till the new year to work on a fab new website for the podcast. Among some other things, I'll be telling you about them over the next few days. So in the meantime, if you want to find links to anything that I've talked about or indeed hilarious pictures of Vladimir Putin's pretend man bun, then go over to shinybees.com and you will find the show notes for this episode where you will find links to everything that I have mentioned. So I hope you have a great week. Happy crafting and I will speak to you again soon. Bye. to the shiny bees podcast a podcast for those who like their knitting comedy and yarn in equally large measures if you'd like to get in contact with me you can do so via the blog or i'm shiny bees on ravelry instagram twitter pinterest and facebook you can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com music for this episode is provided by a music alley and it is adam and the water boys and i need a drink i need a drink